to the Heavy Matters podcast. This is Album of the Years Part 2. So, myself and Benny have done ours. Today, we are, or I am joined by Tony and Fletch, uh, resident scribes to uh, Heavy Matters. Benny's not here today, unfortunately. Um, he has um, some personal stuff he's attending today. I know how much he loves these Album of the Years and gets to see your boys, what you have picked for your album. So, hello, Benny, when you're listening to this. Um, so yeah, we're going to go through Tony and Fletcher's 20 albums of 2023, and we all have a very similar taste in music, I think, the four of us, but there's always a surprise on these album of the year shows, particularly when Venny dropped his bombshell of Fallout Boy being in his top 20. No one saw that coming, you know? Should I fess up to being the um, person who turned him on to that album, <laughs> yeah. just to put uh, Fletch in the clear? from last time <laughs> i mean you can see interest rates going up inflation rising you can see that coming but you can never see fallout boy being in benny's top 20 albums of 2023 <laughs> <laughs> well. but without further ado i'm looking forward to seeing what you boys have got um before we start how many crossovers do you reckon you boys have got looking at the list i reckon we've got i'm going to be conservative with it but i think it's going to be at least five Okay. Tony? Yeah, I'm the same. I, I would possibly push it a little bit higher to a six, maybe a seven. Um, there's a few potentials in there I can see in my list that I think, yeah, could could cross over. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a high a high mark this year. I, I'm going to go eight and throw my hat in there. Because Ooh. throughout the year on the chat, the WhatsApp, you boys have been, there's a lot where you two have been like, this is really good. And I, I just think there's going to be a lot in there. But let's find out. Um, Fletch, I think you started last year. So, Tony, we'll start with you, mate. Your number 20 album of 2023, please. My, my 20, yeah. It came down, this one, to the Battle of the uh, the Prog Epics. Uh, the first one of which, uh, battling it out, was uh, War of Being by Tesseract. Mm. Uh, and the other, which is the one that crept in, was... Um, Nea Bliviscaris, Exel. Nice. Um, yeah, I think they just got in on balance just because I, I vibe a bit more with what they do, I think, rather than Tesseract. Yeah. They're sort of uh, progressive, technical, sort of death metal with all the little folky, opeffy, clean bits. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, they just snuck in there. And I think this album's as good as anything they've ever done, um, in my opinion. Um, it's got everything you could ever want, all the intricate sort of playing and the... Uh, as I said, all the all the clean, all the lovely clean sections and gorgeous sort of clean singing melodies and all that. Um, and of course, it's got their I wouldn't call it a secret weapon because it's pretty much what they're known for. But the violin, violin playing, um, yeah, it just adds a real a real darkness and sort of baroque vibe to their sound. I think that um, I'm surprised a lot more metal bands don't really utilize. Um, I think the violin is really. It's kind of bittersweet. It's kind of, as I say, it's kind of melodious and dark at the same time. So I think it really suits metal down to the ground. So, um, but yeah, yeah, another brilliant, brilliant album from these guys. And yeah, just crept in at my number 20. Brilliant. I, I, do you know what? I completely forgot that was released this year and I saw them live this year. But it's oh, a brilliant really? album. Yeah, yeah, I saw them. Um, Persephone supported them. Um, and they, they, the violins live were brilliant. I really agree yeah. with that. Um, I'm going to revisit that album soon. Lovely stuff. Um, Fletch, number 20 for you, mate. 
My number 20 is one of the latest additions when I revisited it recently. I think just the weather was perfect for it recently with the with the cold snap we've all been enjoying. But mine is, I think it's a crossover with your list, actually, Joey. One of one of uh, just a just a couple, but mine is War Against All by Immortal. Yes, it's um, I think it's like when when you start, you're like all the stuff like you said, all the stuff with with Abbott and like the the split and all that. It's you're like demonizes. He still got it, and then by the second track on the album, you're like, oh, all all fears are gone. You're like, yeah, this is. This is great. This is, I think it's the most straight ahead classic black metal album on my list this year. But it's just a, it's just a blast, like from start to finish. It's just, it's just a great time. Yeah, and the the vocals, like you said, I I mentioned it in mine, like the worry about a bathroom. I've been in there. Demonized does as good of, if not probably a better job than what the bath is doing at the moment, hands down. Like, yeah, and the album, the album is great. Just straight up black metal, and like you said, throwing it on in this weather. Just a perfect, cosy black metal blanket. Lovely. Um, Tony, number 19. Uh, 19, um, Cannibal Corpse. Chaos Horrific. Um, so, yeah. This one, I thought... I'm not sure if I prefer it to um, the last one, uh, Violence Unimagined. Uh, but this one, I think you can really feel the um, Eric Rutan influence who joined them in the last on the last album. The production feels a, a lot thicker on this one, especially in the guitars. Um, uh, every riff is sort of right up there in your face, sort of. Um, so yeah, you can really feel his, his, his sort of presence in the mix. Um, so it does seem a bit heavier than the last album, which, which I enjoy. Um, and there's also a real sort of, to the songwriting, there's a sort of a dissonance and a bit of a weirdness to it. Which I think comes from him as well with his work with um, Hate Eternal, and uh, there's a a bit of an epic evil evil vibe to this album, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, and um, shout out to the, the last track on it, "Drain You Empty," which is like a a death doom kind of song, um, which um, for that is such a gruesome sort of sound that they've got going on that. So yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more of that going on. Uh, but yeah, it's just another wicked awesome cannibal corpse album and uh yeah it was it was always always going to be somewhere in my 20 i think as soon as i heard it no no surprise that cannibal corpse came up on this album of the year show and i'm pretty sure i could hang my hat and say this isn't the last time we'll hear about cannibal corpse on this show no. so it is uh, quite low for me um quite 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 down there but yeah it's been it's been a great year hasn't it so yeah it's it's uh, I'm not a huge death metal fan, but when I hear a Cannibal Corpse album, I'm just like, yes, that's Cannibal Corpse. It does, you know, like they're not doing anything groundbreaking. It's just another Cannibal Corpse album for me. Um, but I mean, they've been doing it for so long that, you know, and like you said, with Eric coming on board has, has changed things up, spiced things up a bit in the bedroom. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fletch, your number 19 then, mate. Well, my number 19 is a lovely little debut album from a Finnish death metal band called Guts and the album's called Decay. I think I just randomly saw it like posted online there wasn't like obviously with it being a small debut album there wasn't like much fanfare about it but I just one of the ones I've just kept going back to like it's so accomplished for a debut album it's it's got that classic Finnish death metal sound with like a, a but a little bit of the Swedish buzzsaw style thrown in but it's um 
it's, it's a bit like, I know, throwing big words out there for finished death metal, but it's a bit Demolich style where it's like, it's it's all about the low end, really, and the, the, the rumbly, the rumbly bass. It's, it's, a, it's just a, like I said, just a, a great, great uh, introduction to them. And, um, and what's called, the album called? Sorry, Decay, is it? It's called Decay by Guts. Okay. Yeah, I'm just looking at it here. Nine songs, 35 minutes. That's yep. going to go on my uh, list. That's textbook for death metal. Interesting. Um, you just found it online. Just... Yeah, I just I think it just came across it. I think it might have been on, on someone posted about it on on Twitter or something like that or X, whatever it's called. But and uh, and I just thought it's just been one of that. It's just stayed in my rotation all year because I think it was an earlyish release. So yeah, that's if I remember correctly. March. Yeah, so I think it's yeah. it's just one that just stayed with me all year. Um, that's one of the most and and emphatically death metal names as well, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, by guts. Uh, yeah, you can't get you can't get much more death metal than that. No, you know uh, what you, you know what it's going to sound like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you listened to that at all, Tony? Out of interest? No, I've not heard of that. So yeah, that's uh, on the list for me. This is why I love these shows because you get you get people, like albums like that just you know just out of nowhere. So num- number uh, excellent. Okay, guts and the albums decay. Um, Tony, number eighteen. Uh, 18 was uh, another debut. Um, it's um, It All Returns to Nothing by Burner. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, a band I hadn't really... Um, I'd heard sort of rumblings about them, but I hadn't listened to them. I uh, didn't know much about them. Um, and um, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we got the promo for this. So it was sort of just online sort of um, stuff I saw people um, really hyping this up. But... Yeah, um, yeah, I really love this. And they've got quite a tricky sound to pin down, I think. Um, at points to kind of um, just kind of straight up death metal, all the gut rules and the blast beats and stuff. Um, and they throw in a few breakdowns. So at points they can go a bit sort of white chapel-y as well. Um, at points there's the kind of the thrashier sort of metalcore stuff, like Darkest Hour, something like that. Um, uh, and at the same time, but there's, they've got kind of the vibe of like a scratchy kind of hardcore band, like a Converge or something like that as well. So yeah, it's a real sort of Frankenstein of like heavy, heavy styles. But um, yeah, they pull it off really well, and it's uh, it's a savage album. It's kind of there's not much melody and stuff going on. It's kind of just a straight up kind of ripper. Um, but yeah, they're definitely not the finished article, I don't think. But um, yeah, if they keep going like this, then um, yeah, massive things to come. And uh, it's it's made my top twenty. So um, yeah, they've really started off on a high, in my opinion. Yeah. A lot of a lot of noise about this album um, online, like you said, and. I think I had it on a couple of times. Didn't make my list, but um, from what I heard, and I think it's another band from, um, where are they from? Is it London area or something like that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, another another UK band who are tearing up the scene and can make a wave. So always good to see a UK band making the list. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was your 18. Fletch, your 18? So my 18 is another death metal album, Shock. But... Um... <laughs> This is Primeval Onslaught by Torture Rack. Um, nice name. So, yeah. <laughs> so these are these are more of the um, in the old school US death metal style. Um, the sort that sort of like making a really good good revival recently. Um, this is their third album, I think I found, but this is was my introduction to them. I, I'd never I'd never really listened to them before, but it's just it's just that old school harsh and belligerent style, just like. Again, not 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 too much new or like 
groundbreaking about it, but it's just, you know, that I think they're one of my favorites now going back to them and of the, of that US old school revival sort of sound that's going on. Torture Rack, you say? Yeah, Torture Rack. What a name. Love it. <laughs> uh, that probably, well, it certainly won't be the last death metal album coming from Fletch over the next hour or so. Um, Tony, number 17. Uh, enslaved with, I think I'm saying, is it Heem, Heemdell? Heimdall. Heimdall. Heimdall, that's it. Yeah, Enslaved, yeah. Um, pretty much anything they released is nailed on to be in my albums of the year. Um, what I loved about this one was the 70s feel to it. Um, there was so much... Um, it might be one of the most progressive things I think they've done um, in terms of that sort of prog rock sort of throwback style. There was a lot of kind of... Um, but there's a song called Forest Dweller where there was a kind of like a wistful acoustic sort of Led Zepp vibe going on. Um yeah, and there's kind of organs all over the place, 70s keyboards, like Deep Purple and stuff. Um, there's a song called The Eternal Sea as well, which starts, uh, it's very prog rock, kind of reminds me of like Rush or Yes or something like that. Um, so yeah, that was the thing that I kind of took away from this the most. Um, hopefully that's something that they'll um, explore a bit further as well, because um, yeah, that 70s vibe is definitely right up my street. But um, yeah, still plenty of black metal going on. Um, lots of straight up sort of Baffery worship sort of um, sort of blast beats and uh, yeah um, yeah uh, it's enslaved and um, it's just another album in a list of brilliant albums so yeah what a band what a band I mean I think they were number four on my list it was always going to be high up but like you said and from a band that went from like the Frost the album Frost being complete black metal to where they are now like it's just and 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 there isn't a bad album from them in my opinion, you're right. And they are touring next year. So hopefully we'll get to catch them. Um, yes. In March, I think they're coming over. But they're doing Dublin in March, so I'll be hopefully going to see them. Um, sweet. So number 17, Fletch. Oh, number 17 is... Can you guess what genre this one is? Um, <laughs> well, this one, this one's more of a, a legend from, from the death metal scene. And it's a Hymns from the Apocrypha by Suffocation. Um, just... There's one of the best death metal bands to ever do it, and they're just just still going strong. There's just there's just there's not a dud moment on the album really. It's like there's no there's not a misstep or a misplaced riff or anything. It's just just consistent forty minutes of just great old school death metal. So it's just great to see that they're still going and you know the fire's still burning with 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 suffocation and. Just another great release. I'm going to put that on today because I hold my hands up. I completely missed this album and I, I don't know how. Um, but it's made your end of year list, so it's going to be good, I assume. Tony, have you listened to this talk? I assume you have. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, number 22 on my uh, on my long list. Oh, right. So, yeah. Um, yes, Wicked. Um, uh, the first one with the new singer as well, isn't it? Um, I forget his name, but um, yeah, he's awesome. He's kind of... He's just about familiar enough to sort of for it not to be like a jar, like a jarring yeah. sort of chain. But he's definitely got, yeah, he's got, he's got his own thing going on as well. So yeah, yeah, that was a really, um, yeah, that was a, a cool thing about the album. But yeah, um, but yeah, an awesome album. Yeah, and I uh, highly recommend you uh, checking it out. I'm gonna uh, put that on while I'm doing the Christmas tree today. The kids will love that while we're putting it up. <laughs> the suffocation. Um, festive. <laughs> I'll put a Christmas hat on. There we go. That'll make it out. 
Um, excellent. Uh, number 16, Antonio. Yeah, number 16. Uh, another one for your uh, Christmas soundtrack, I'd say. Uh, Dying Fetus. Make them, <laughs> make them beg for death. <laughs> uh, yeah, we reviewed this one on the show. So, um, yeah, there's not much more I've got to say about it, really, other than, I, other than it's um, another wicked, awesome Dying Fetus album. And... Again, might be my favourite Dying Fetus album uh, at this point. Again, I think maybe Reign Supreme just kind of shades it, but um, this one, yeah, all the elements that make Dying Fetus have just come together just to make uh, sort of the quintessential sort of Dying Fetus album for me. Um, so, yeah, it's it's awesome. The musicianship, songwriting, production, everything is just flawless. Just hits the nail right on the head, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, it kind of brings me to a broader point about death metal this year as well. In that, as much as I love the new the new death metal bands coming through, like the New Breed, I think the old school guys have really uh, taken the crown back this year. Um, if you look at Cannibal Corpse, Dying Fetus, Cryptopsy, um, Suffocation, um, I don't want to say too many more because they might be in a <laughs> in Fletcher's list. But um, yeah, I think. Yeah, um, the old school of uh, yeah, really, really dominated this year. Yeah, that that Dying Fetus album was wicked, and uh, shout out to the album cover on that as well because it is brilliant, and it's just you just straight away see it. It's just so ridiculously over the top, um, violent. But yeah, like <laughs> I think Rain Supreme is my favorite as well, um, Tony. But I really did enjoy this one, and. I'm sure this is going to come up again at some point on the show. If I was a betting man. <laughs> uh, Fletch, your 16? So my 16 is something a bit different. So no, I take a break from death metal. Um, and it's Alfold by Thy Catafalk. Okay. Um, I think Hungarian black metal. I think it's a, I think I'm, I might be wrong, but I think it's mostly like a one man sort of deal. Um, yeah, they're a band. Obviously, they've been around for quite a while, and I've, I've always aware of the name, but I'd never actually, you know, like dived in. But yeah, it's just like it's just such such crushing atmosphere all over it. It's I think I, I wrote in my in my notes that it's like going on a tour through somewhere haunted, like just throughout the whole thing. It's just such a, a great like soundscape and um, talking about. Um, the added stuff that with violins, etc. There's there's all sorts of added uh, textures. There's like folk style horns thrown in there as well. Um, just a just quite a lot going on, and I'm I'm glad I finally checked them out. It's a wicked album. I seem to remember you putting this in the group chat and saying check yeah. it out because I think we had the promo for season of mist that was on and it came out in June, and I yeah. seem to you banging on about it. Bagging on about it for ages, and <laughs> I really enjoyed it as well. And again, my another album that I forgot, but I'm delighted you brought it up because that's going to go on as well at some point during the week. So thank you. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. Spell they the Cata for luck. Yeah, my autocorrect always changes it to um, the catalog, but thy <laughs> <laughs> catafalk, I think, is how it's possibly uh, pronounced. And the album's Alfold. Alfold, yeah. All right, wicked. Uh, fifteen, Tony, hit me. Fifteen, um, Ahab, the Coral Tombs. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, I really love this one. Um, 
super early. I think this came out. I think it was in January. Um, yeah. I think it was one of the first promos we got for the year, actually, thinking back. I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, I've had a lot of time with this one. And, yeah, it's just it's another kind of quintessential Ahab experience. It kind of encapsulates that sort of vanishing into the ocean sort of feel um, uh, that they're known for. Uh, probably better than better than ever. It's probably one of my favourite Ahab albums. Um, could be right up there. So, yeah, um, there's not much different going on, I wouldn't say. I mean, it's kind of that uh, crushing sort of death doom and the sort of the gorgeous kind of uh, quieter bits, quite a clean, folky bits going on as well. Um, so, yeah, um, but I think that sort of juxtaposition between sort of like the sort of really abysmal sort of dark sort of death metal sound they've got going on and the sort of sort of the dreamlike delicate sort of clean bits is really pronounced on this one um so yeah i think they're really uh, really on on top of their game um and the way it opens as well um i've not written down the title of the first i think it's professor anorak's descent anorak's descent into the vast ocean something like that but yeah the i think i've got that right um but yeah, the way it opens is mad. It's like a portal sort of esque death metal, all sort of blast beats and sort of wild sort of cacophony, and then it sort of just melts into this really sort of beautiful sort of uh, clean section. So yeah, it's probably one of the wildest album album openings of the year. So um, but yeah, yeah, they're really they're really on top of the game on this one, and yeah, no, my number fifteen. Yeah, I, I had a feeling this would be in the. I the one thing for me they have this album was the length. And like it's only seven tracks, it's over an hour long, and it was a, at times can be a challenging listen um, because of the uh, how dense the album is at times. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I had a feeling that might pop up on your list. the the ta- The track you're on about is Prof Aranak's Descent into the Vast Ocean. Yeah, close enough. Pretty much spot on. Yeah, fair play. I think I said um, Professor. I think I said Professor Anorak. <laughs> but yeah, close enough, isn't it? Potato, potato. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Fletch, 15, please. So this is the first crossover between mine and Tony's lists today, and it is Chaos Horrific by Cannibal Corpse. I mean, nice. Tony's covered it, really. I mean, possibly, po- I mean, there's an argument to say that they're the most consistent band in death metal, and yeah, they've just done it again. It's it's bludgeoning, it's brutal, it's Cannibal Corpse, isn't it? It's like sixteen albums in or something, still crushing it. And I think I think one of my favorite things about the whole album is just that bass tone when they have like the little breaks and just like everything drops out apart from the bass. It's just nobody does that better than Cannibal Corpse, and you know, the, despite like you said, lineup changes, um, it's. Nothing slowing them slowing them down. They still just keep on keep on going. Just another yeah. another great record. Fletch, as a huge death metal fan and a huge corpse fan, do you ever worry when they're releasing a new album that it won't be what you're searching for? It, or it won't be as good as Cannibal Corpse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I, I think the fact that they've got that many albums and they just haven't really let me down yet, yeah. I think it's just I, I think they've got they've got the trust now yeah so um so um i'm always 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 excited for it it's um even the more the more like the lesser talked about ones from carnival corpse are some of my favorite albums so they just haven't they just don't do anything wrong really yeah uh, i think that's what i was 
talking now, they are one of the most consistent bands in the whole metal scene. I think not just death metal, but you know, you know when they release an album, you're not going to be getting any violins on that or any saxophone. You know, it's just going to be straight up Cannibal Corpse. So, um, so that's one crossover for you two. Is it yeah. one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number fourteen, then Tony. Uh, number fourteen, um, Grief Symposium in the absence of light. Um, I think this one, it's another debut. Um, yeah, and this one had a real, it's got that real, it's kind of a traditional sort of cobwebby, peaceful, uh, peaceful, free sort of vibe. Um, lots of atmospheric sort of touches like pianos. You've got the sort of the, the clean sort of um, female vocals going on in certain songs and it gives it that real sort of gothy flavor, um, which I really like. But at the same time, it's it's a real sort of riff album as well. There's riffs on here that sound like kind of two-step hardcore or sort of early machine head, um, which don't really sound like they'd vibe too well with uh, the sort of atmospheric sort of, as I said, uh, peaceful, peaceful free sort of death doom vibe that I've talked, I was talking about earlier, but it really does work. And um, yeah, there's a song called Veil of um, Veil of Trance transformation as well it's got a, a real sort of morbid angel sort of slime slimer sort of vibe going on which is really cool so yeah um yeah it's a really really awesome album and for a debut as well how they've sort of came this sort of sort of appears sort of fully formed sort of fresh out of the box which is really really impressive even though they've all been in um uh, bands before i think i think the majority of them are from uh, the king is blind um a band I'm not sure if you've heard of. Um, they yeah. were, yeah, they were uh, an awesome band as well. So yeah, um, it does end on an 18 minute sort of ambient piece, which a lot of people might not need in their lives, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, but but I like it, and I think it's it shows how how fearless uh, they are already. Just to drop that in at the end, just to test your patience a bit. So yeah, yeah, awesome album. I came out early in that like January as well, wasn't it? On um, Church yeah, Road. Was, yes, yeah, yeah, another early one, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember you really liking this one in the in the group chat, Tony. I think you reviewed it as well, didn't you? On the did, yeah, yeah, and I, I banged on about it quite a lot, <laughs> yeah, in the in the group chat. So yeah, um, shout out to Church Road Records as well. They've been putting out some wicked albums this year. Um, mm. Really good stuff. Um, wicked. Um, okay, number fourteen, Pledge. Yeah, so mine's a crossover with both yourself and Venny, I think, from last last week. And it's Black Medium Current by Dodd Heimsgard. Oh, yes. So, I mean, it's already been spoken about twice, so I don't know where else illuminate I can say about it, but it's just like avant-garde black metal, isn't it? Um, I think um, the only other album I'm familiar with by them is their 666 mm. International. Um, I haven't gone in on any of the others. So, I mean, I think this is just as weird and avant-garde but in a sort of less industrial sort of way but it's um and to, to use like a, a proper cliche it is a proper just like a, a weird journey of an album isn't it that you just let wash over you and just and there's like jazz bits and all sorts in there it's um it's a wild ride this one it is it's it's a, a wicked album um i think it was fanny's number two or it was really high up there yeah um I've seen a few people um, have this as their album of the year as well um, that I've seen on social. So, yeah, great shout and what a band. Tony, uh, uh, sorry, I won't 
But um, Tony, were you a fan of this album? Uh, yeah, um, and I won't. Might as well just say it. My thirteen, God, I'm scarred. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect segue. That. Yeah, I was thought. Oh, don't ask me if I've heard it. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Might as well go straight into it. Yeah, um, pretty much what everyone else has said. I, I knew nothing about the band going in. Um, it's the first time I've ever heard them. I was completely ignorant, and I thought, uh, when it started, I was like, here we go, an hour of black metal blasting. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, yeah, when it goes, it just it completely loses its marbles. Sort of uh, uh, a few minutes in, and you've got funk rock, space rock. You've got full on disco going on. You've got towards the end, it's basically just like a movie soundtrack rather than a, a metal album. So yeah, it's um, completely mad, but um, completely brilliant. So yeah, my number thirteen. I wonder if this is the first year where we've all had the same album on our list before of us crossover. I want maybe I'm going to check that and do some research on it. Um, perfect segue into that though. Um, Flex, your number thirteen then. So my thirteen is uh, I think another one that came out relatively early in the year, and I thought it was going to be higher in the list. It's just just sort of the way things have fallen. It's um, Blossom by Pupil Slicer. Um, I think Venny had this last week, didn't he as well? Um, yeah, it's just such an an interesting and pivot from the previous sound. I mean, they've still got bits of obviously like the the mathy chaos in there, but it's just incorporated such a, an alt rock influence to it, and just like like shoegazy bits in there. Um, it's just it's such a weird weird choice for them from where from like because that debut album was um ever everyone seemed to love it, didn't they? Online it was uh, did really well, and then to do such a change in sound for for album number two was um it's a choice but it, i think it's it's worked out really well for them and again it's just a wonderful wonderful album and um, i think I, I penciled it in i think to be on this list months ago and recently revisited it and was like yeah that's it's, it's definitely going in i actually thought it would be a lot higher on your list because you were gushing over this album in the chat when it first came out when we got the promo you were literally would not shut up about it yeah, listen to people slices. This isn't people slices, um, but I can see why. I even I pre-ordered it on cassette and everything. I think when we got the promo. <laughs> nice, um, and now obviously they've had a couple of changes, haven't they? The bassist yeah. and the live guitarist has gone. Yeah. So interesting to see what happens next year with them. Um, people slices, excellent. Uh, Tony, number twelve, please. Uh, yeah, number twelve is horrendous and ontological mysterium. Um, again, another album uh, that had a lot of talk online. A lot of people were kind of gushing over this one. Um, and yeah, I really love it. I've always been a fan of the band. Um, and on this one, I think they've definitely taken their biggest sort of creative leap going forward. Um, yeah, there's loads of sort of sort of symbolic era death and Voivod sort of twists and turns going on and stuff like that. But um it's so sort of bass led. I hear like loads of Primus in it or someone like Between the Buried in Me and stuff like that as well. So yeah, there's so much stuff going on. And even weirder, I hear a lot of sort of 80s sort of like um hair metal in the guitar in the guitar playing, um, not in anything else. Yeah. Um I hear a lot of like upbeat sort of Van Halen kind of vibes going on, um, which is really cool. Uh, and I just think it comes from number one, how melodic the album is, um, and number two, how the musicianship is just full of flash and um, 
Yeah, but it, it's always centered, everything's still always centered on the song, I think, which is an important point for them. It's not like, it's not so sort of technical and progressive that they lose sight of the songwriting. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think this is a really uh, big leap for them. So, um, and yeah, it seems to be doing bits in uh, the album of the year lists so far. So, yeah, great album. I can't remember if I listened to this or not. It looks like something I would from the album cover, but I i mean, you've definitely got me intrigued. So that's on the list as well. Thank you, Tony. It's um, Bell Magazine's number one album of the year, I think, in their, in their list. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. I'm definitely going to throw it on later then. Um, number 12, Fletch? Yeah. Um, so weird one in that it's a bit weird to have an album this high up that's uh, only been released about um, five days ago. But I've had it on at least twice a day since in those five days. I just love it so much. And it's uh, The Rhyme of Memory by Panopticon. Yes. So just, just, I've just, as soon as since this came out, I think on Wednesday, and I've just, I've listened to hardly anything else since. I mean, I think it's, it's helped, obviously, that just, just when we've started getting all the snow and the cold weather, they've brought out this wonderful atmospheric black metal album. But, um, it's just it's really immersive and just just puts you right in right in in the vibe for it. Um, this is also my first Panopticon album. Again, one of them bands that you see the name everywhere, but I've never actually never actually gone in on. But it's just it's just so stark and just so so raw at times. But there's a lot of like I said, just atmosphere and sort of well building in it. And it's just it, it probably obviously like i said if it's it's this high up after five days if, I, if we'd had it longer then it'll probably be a lot higher up the list yeah but... that's incredible that it's made your list after being out five days um i've not listened to it yet i complete again just passed me by didn't i know i think you said in the group chat about it and then it was just like oh you know something else came up so thank yeah. you for reminding me um interesting uh tony i assume you haven't listened to it either by the look on your face <laughs> No, no chance. No, no not yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I do mean to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a a Venny bedtime listening classic. That one. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His poor wife. Um, number eleven, Tony. Uh, number eleven, Rotten Sound, uh, Apocalypse. Um, yeah, I think when this came out, we were talking about um, reviewing it between me and Fletch, and I kind of said, I don't know where I'd begin. Because as much as I love this album, it's kind of 20 minutes of a man screaming in your face uh, and blast beats. And uh, I stand by that. But um, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, I mean, with Grindcore especially, I think a lot of the stuff I've been listening to in recent years has been like the real sort of high-level Grindcore, like stuff like uh, Worm Rot, uh, where it's, it's, it's grindcore, but there's so much stuff, different stuff going on. It's almost like it's progressive kind of grindcore. Um, uh, but sometimes you just want a flamethrower kind of held to your face for 20 minutes. Uh, and in that regard, this album hits the nail on the head uh, for this year. So, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, just straight ahead violence from the word go. Um, so, yeah straight up kind of insect warfare nausea sort of vibes uh and yeah i love it if you're in the mood just for just for punishment from the word go um this is the album to put on this year i'd say um yeah 18 18 tracks 20 minutes long just looking at some of the the uh track lengths here like 42 seconds 
I think the longest is about one minute forty-five. <laughs> like yeah, I was going to say, I won't bother picking out specific tracks because it's it's twenty minutes. Just listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I actually <laughs> seem to. I remember having this and having a good time with it actually because it was yeah. just like you said, in your face, like sort of done and done. I remember having a good time with this. Uh, I think I think I did review it, so I don't even know how I even approached it. I can't remember now. But um, just to say, so this was this was um, you can blame Panopticon, but this was number twenty-one on my list. So this is the one that just missed out for oh. me. Uh, Rotten Sound Apocalypse. Right, your number eleven, Fletch. Before we get into the business end of things, so my number eleven is I think one that will possibly come up again later. But for now, it's uh, a feast on sorrow by Ern. I get just. I think we spoke. You spoke about it last week. I'm not sure if it was you or, or Veri that had yeah, it, but it was me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, this is one of them. If this was the one, I think one of the albums that set the group chat off the most in this year. Yes. <laughs> when we got it, as, as soon as I think, as soon as we all got it, it was. I think we knew we were going to be talking about it on this <laughs> on this show. Um, it's just. I think it's just for a sophomore album as well. It's just seriously impressive, like just the songwriting skill and the craft. It's just like. I think I can't remember the track title. I think a stumble of words or something. It's just like the stomp on it, like the riffing all over the place, just from like start to finish. It's um, I think one thing I really liked about this record as well as the uh, the production sound on it. it. It it sounded like professional and well done, but it also you know it had a bit of bite to it. It still sounded raw when it when it needed to, and I think it, that's just um, really complemented the sound, but. Again, I really like the last album. Um, I even wore an air shirt on my Christmas uh, wear party this year. It's always stressful, <laughs> metal. But, love it. Yeah, but um, but I think this I like this one even more than the last album. It's it's a huge album, and the sound I think obviously when you've got like um, Joe Duplantier from Gorgia producing it is obviously going to make help. Yeah. But it just and I, I um actually interviewed Joe and it was nice a really nice guy and I met them all at the show in Dublin supporting Paradise Lost and they are just the nicest guys as well like so humble and just happy to chat um it did certainly make waves in the group chat and I won't come to Tony on this one because he was the one making the biggest noise about it all so I'm sure we'll revisit it uh, shortly uh okay Tony your number 10 as we enter the business end. Number 10 is Black Braid with Black Braid 2. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't get on with their debut, to be honest. Um, I thought it was fine. It was quite standard. Black metal kind of fair. So, yeah, I wasn't um, I wasn't sort of buying into the, the Black Braid kind of hype that was happening. Um, but this is like an upgrade in every conceivable sense uh in my opinion um i think the production's a key thing to this album as well it's very like it's very clean and warm sounding uh loads of low end in it as well and it sounds like um it's it's not overproduced but it sounds different to the kind of harsh sort of icy vibes that you get in from a lot of black metal of this sort so yeah and um again it feels progressive in that there's loads of stuff going on in it uh, and they're really pushing the envelope in terms of like dynamics, but um, but yeah, there's a, there's a song called um, oh god, it's a long one, of Song of Death on the Winds of Dawn. It goes through so many different riff changes and like clean passages and stuff that it kind of reminds me of like Puppet Era Metallica, um, which is really cool and um, in sound in, in sound rather than like in approach, I'd say. Um, 
So yeah, uh, and the same, there's another one called um, Moss Covered Bones on the Altar of the Moon. It's a 13 minute sort of epic. It's got sort of bits of like mellow death in it and stuff like that. So yeah, dynamically, I think they've really pushed the boat out on this one. Uh, and there's also a song, special shout out to um, Twilight Hymns of Ancient Blood. Uh, it might be my song of the year. It's like a huge doom sort of opening and it goes into this sort of flash break in the middle of it. Uh, which is really cool. I'd like to hear a bit more of that. Um, so, yeah, this one really, really impressed me. Um, and, yeah, my number 10. Making big waves in the uh, people's lists as well. And I think, they're, I think they're playing a UK festival soon. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. They're coming over for that. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I See, I was the other way around. I really like the debut. I don't know why this one didn't click with me. Just it was, it was fine for me, um, which is strange. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, um, Fletch, number 10. Number 10 is another crossover for me, and it's the Coral Tombs by Ahab. Just just so just so crushing and heavy, isn't it? That's, like you said, like Tony said, it was one of the first promos we got of the year, and it's just, I've just gone back to it all year long. It's just, like you said, I, I get what you're saying about the length. It, it can be a bit intimidating, especially to be crushed for that long, but I just think it's it's got the like their traditional Ahab doom where it's heavier than than anything else. But there's a there's for me, I thought there was a bit more experimental stuff on this one. There was more more clean passages, more clean vocals than than I'm used to from them, and and that give it like a real sense of dynamism, which made it a bit easier to sort of sit with for the for the length for the length of time. Um. And it's unusual for I don't know I don't know whether the class does like a in the in the funeral doom sort of genre, but for the for that type of album, I think it just had quite a lot going on. I think it's also isn't it based on Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, the Jules Verne thing. So I think they're sticking with the nautical theme, but just switching uh, influences up. But yeah, I, I just I just love this album. <laughs> I, I do like I do like I mean I like them anyway. I mean like. Call of the Wretched Sea and albums like that are classics, and I do go back to them regularly. So I was a fan anyway, but this um, still surprised me. It was still better than I expected, and yeah, I've loved it. That's the second crossover between two of you so far. So far, <laughs> so far, excellent. Um, right, number nine, Tony. Uh, number nine is Two Mold, the Enduring Spirit. Um, yeah, probably the nicest surprise of the year. Um, we weren't well, we weren't led to expect a two mold album this year, and it just appeared, which was lovely, and sent Twitter or X into a meltdown. Um, so yeah, um, it's quite a stylistic jump as well on this album, I think. Um, when I think of two mold sort of before this album, there was a lot of sort of Finnish sort of death metal influence, a lot of weird sort of angular sort of stuff going on, um, which is still in this album. But I think this one, there's a lot more American sort of influences coming to the fore, uh, a lot more progressive stuff like um, Cynic is probably the most, um, yeah, the most obvious one with um, all the sort of clean stuff going on or bands like Atheist, stuff like that, sort of a cleaner production, very lavish and sort of bright sounding. Um so yeah, and th and there's songs on it as well. Like um, there's one called Have I written it down? Yes, yeah, Will of Whispers. Which, if you took away the vocals or something like, it, it could sound like a um, like an Alan Holdsworth sort of song, like a 
clean sort of jazz sort of guitar sort of piece, um, which is really cool. And um, I think that's sort of sort of the influence of um, Dream and Ending sort of leading in, leading in as well, isn't it? Um, so yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot more progressive, uh, a lot more tech def, uh, but yeah, it really suits their sound and they're bloody good at it. So yeah, my number nine. Hmm. I'm not going to say too much because I'm might far up again. So we'll move on to uh, Fletch's number nine. Yeah, and speaking of cropping up again, it's "Make Them Beg for Death" by Dying Fetus. Nice. I agree with every everything you said before. Um, it's my I'd say it was my second Dying Fetus favorite Dying Fetus album already. I think I still think I do prefer Rage Supreme, but it it is right up there, isn't it? I mean, we made a joke, didn't we, when we reviewed it on the show with like. We didn't want to just say, well, what more can we say? You know, the great Dying Fetus album. But, I mean, <laughs> it's just such a hard album, isn't it? It's a, um, the, Nobody goes harder. Even the titles, like, make them beg for death and, like, the artwork, throw them in the van or whatever <laughs> that song's called. It's just, just nobody goes harder, do they, than Dying Fetus. And it's just, it's just so groovy as well, isn't it? Like, from start to finish, it's the whole thing just makes you just bang your head. It's just, again... I won't go. We, we've we've been over it, but they're just such a such a great consistent band, and it's nice to have them. Nice to have them back for sure, for sure. Um, so that's the third crossover we've had. I think we're going to start seeing ramping up now. So Tony, number eight, uh, number eight, uh, Body Void, uh, Atrocity Machine, um, an album uh, that I reviewed. I can't remember when it came out. It wasn't too long ago, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to struggle to put into words as I might have done in my review, just how uh, sort of bleak and heavy and unpleasant this album is. It's just a, it's just a slow, relentless sort of pitch black pummeling of an album. It just gets more and more gruesome as it goes on. Um, yeah, the subject matter is sort of raging against capitalism and the police brutality and stuff. And you can, you can really feel like the venom and the frustration um, sort of oozing out of the speakers when you listen to this. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of kind of new stuff going on as well that makes it even more sort of harsh and unpleasant to listen to. There's a lot of sort of stuff in the background going on, a lot of like sort of um, mechanical sort of screeching and droning electronics and uh, sort of icky squelching noises all going on. This makes this big collage of just, yeah, of just horrific noise. Um, so yeah, and... But at the same time, I actually do have a lot of fun listening to this album. Even though it sounds, it kind of sounds like if you took a full of hell track and sort of slowed it down by like 200% or something. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had. I think it's just the fun in being extreme metal fans we get from finding the most like grotesque music that we can. And you can't help but sort of crack into a smile when you find, when you're listening to something like this. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I love this album and it's my number eight. It's so true, that point you made there. Like It's like when your your mum says, all, all they're doing is screaming. Help me understand what they're saying. But it brings you so much joy. And like an album as ferocious as this, bringing you so much joy is just what we love about metal, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that only came out in October. October, yeah. 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 I couldn't so, quite remember, yeah, but it wasn't long ago. But um, yeah, I love two, it. Two um, months, yeah. Um, okay, number eight, Fletch. So number eight, um, 
just echoing what, what Tony said earlier when he said that it's been a great year for death metal, but especially for the, you know, like the legendary bands. And so mine is Ashes, Organs, Blood and Crips by Autopsy. Just, you know, that they, they were in two albums in two years, like a like a horrible bus. It's um, I think they were in my I think they were thirteenth last year on my list with the last album. So they've uh, improved the the place in this year for me, but just uh, yeah, another great album by a legendary band. I mean, they've got their sound autopsy, haven't they? I mean, like out of all the classic bands, they're sort of the most sort of like raw, um, feral sounding, but they still manage to like experiment and find new ways to new avenues to explore. Like this one's got more like sort of you know changes of pace. They slow it down a bit. You have like a doomy section, and there's some nice lead work and stuff, and um. Yeah, so they, they do manage to, you know, experiment a bit. And on the other hand, they've got a song called Toxic Death Fuck, spelled with a K. So, I mean, what, what more do you want? Um, it's just such a, such a good band. And I said, two albums in two years are, are treating us. Yeah, again, another one I missed. Don't know how. Um, I'll add that to the list. Thank you for the reminder. Um, White Tony, number seven. Seven, Catatonia, Sky Void of Stars. Um, yeah, there was a lot said about it on the uh, on your guys' show. Um, yeah, and I echo pretty much everything you've said. Um, I always liked what I've heard from Catatonia, but they were kind of the one band from, from their scene that I kind of always um, sort of neglected. They're always sort of intrinsically linked to the um, sort of the old school Death Doom sort of bands, like the, the Peaceful Free that I was speaking about earlier. Um, but this one, I checked it out just because of all, all the things I've seen about it. Everyone was raving about it. Uh, and it did kind of floor me on first listen. And I think the big part of that was just how sort of immediate the vocal hooks are on it. I mean, there's so many choruses on this album and it gets it it gets it, it gets into your head straight away. And um, yeah, there's a I think there's a very sort of slender connection to their sort of doom, doomy past on just how sort of patient the songs are. Uh, and they're not sort of everything sort of unhurried and everything sort of unfolds quite slowly. And I think between that and sort of the production on this as well is so huge. Uh, yeah, and the, the, just the gorgeous melodies going on. That um, at points you could even struggle to call it a metal album. I've, I'd say um, not that it matters because when you're knocking out songs as good as Birds or yeah, um, uh, Impermanent is it Impermanence. I think it's another one. Yeah, when you're knocking out songs as good as these on your 12th record, then yeah, you deserve all the all the plaudits that you get. And this album certainly getting a lot of. I think if you're going to pick an album for production job of the year, this is probably up there. And I think you'd be very hard pushed to find a better job. It's just done absolutely stunning. Benny's number one album of the year. Um, I'm delighted you're on the on board now, Tony, with the Catatonia train. It is, it is a wonderful, wonderful album. And let's Was it see. on your list, Joey? I can't remember. Yeah, it was number three, I believe. Yeah, it was high up there, all right. Um, right, Fletch, your number seven, then. My number seven, again, another early one from the start of the year that stuck with me, but unsurprising that it did, and it's Dying of Everything by Obituary. Just, again, I reviewed it when it came out, and I loved it then, and I still love it now. And I love it even more after seeing them live as well this year. Them songs just they were so big live and the you know the they fit right in alongside the classics. Didn't sound out of place. 
just so good. Um, the production is speaking of production as well. I mean, it's a very different production job than the Catatonia album, but it's one that's again perfect. It's murky death metal, but you know, you've you've got the modern production that makes it just makes that sound so big, so like so groovy. It's just again another another classic band doing doing another another great album. And again, this is one a bit like Dying Fetus, where it's just shot right up my list of favorite obituary albums. It's just, it's so it's it's high up on on their list now, and again, it's just just one that I've just been going back to all year, and I'm going to continue going back to. I, I completely echo what you're saying uh, about them live. I saw them here, and like they were like a band who had just started out. They were so enthusiastic, and you know, like you said, they they had all like the redneck stomp sort of old school classics, but the new ones just like you said just fit right in, and they're a band that just are so much fun as well, aren't they? Like for a death yeah. metal band, they are fun to listen to. Um, they're not like a tongue-in-cheek sort of like Dome Vetus with tracks like Fucked With A Knife or I know that's Cannibal Corpse, but do you know what I mean? Like they actually, um, they're not that sort of side of it and they are really, really good musicians as well, which obviously helps. Yeah, they said on this one as well that they had like some, they tried to bring in some like thrash influences as well, which I think helps up the fun factor as well. Just yeah, keep, keep things moving along. Lovely. It's just yeah, just great record. Excellent. Uh, Tony, number six. Number six. Um, Hellripper, Warlock's Grim, and Withered Hags. Uh, yeah. Um, this one. Um, I was a fan of Hellripper. Um, I definitely liked their previous stuff. Um, they were kind of just a fun sort of black and thrash sort of band, and I never sort of thought they'd be anything more than that, really. Which is why the ambition on this album really surprised me. I mean, uh, there's so much going on in this one. I mean, there's still loads of like Slayer and Kill 'Em All era Metallica and Venom and Motorhead and all that all that sort of stuff going on. Um, but yeah, dynamically they've branched out really, really far from what they were. I mean, the title track's built on like, a huge groove. It kind of sounds like Baffery jamming the Black Album or something like that. Um, yeah, the last track on it as well kind of reminds me of like uh, the Black Dahlia murder, proper like sort of the Black Dahlia murder at their most sort of progressively minded, uh, proper like mellow death vibes going on in that. And yeah, there's ne- neoclassical sort of shred going on all over the place. And um, yeah, um, there's a song called Either Deceiver as well, which is got a straight up sort of venom chorus on it. Um, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite songs of the year um i'd say as well so yeah this one they've really really shown what they can do and if they keep going down this path then i think we're going to see even more surprises from them in the future so yeah a really big surprise and um yeah my number six hellripper yeah and they deserve it as well they um i, I don't know what the the lead thing is called um but i know it's a lot James, yeah, he puts in so much effort into the band. And from what I've seen as well, he's a really likable person. Like, he's always, I think they played a gig the other day and he was in the crowd, crowd surfing while playing the guitar. And, like, it's proper, like, working man sort of band, you know. And they are reaping the, the rewards now. I think they've been, they've been on a few um, shows in London, you know, on bills. And they're now, I think just come back from Europe doing some shows where it's gone down really well. So yeah, delighted, delighted for him. Um, all right, batch number six. 
Number six, and another crossover, it's The Endurance Spirit by Toon Mold. Again, just, just echo what, what Tony said about it earlier. I completely agree. We both had Dream One ending in our notes, I think, where they've, they sort of incorporated more more proggy and expansive elements into it and went down that road. And I think it's it's mixed alongside um, their, their, their death metal sound really well. Um, they're usually a really prolific band, aren't they? When they first came out, it was like another year, another two mold album or EP or something. But then they made us wait for this one, but it was it was worth it in the end. It's it's, good. it's one of them as well. Where as soon as I heard, as soon as I heard it, I, I went online and ordered the vinyl like halfway through the first play. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I need need I need this one. Um, yeah, they're they're sort of one of the out of the new uh, new death the new school of death metal bands. They're sort of the one that sends. Like Tony said, sends the internet into a frenzy when they have that announcement. I think it's them and sort of Blood Incantation of they're probably like the the favourites um, online. But I mean, I and I I just think the worth the event all employed it's and again like they tried the hand at something slightly different and I think it's worked really well for them. Excellent. So that's the fourth crossover now, and we're into the top five. So Tony, number five, who just missed out on the Champions League place? It was Periphery. Oh. Degent is not a genre. Um, so, yeah, I think this band for me are like the benchmark of the sort of tech death uh, gent, even though it's not a genre movement. Um, um, although maybe it's a good job Benny's not here because he'd probably argue Tesseract might be uh, might be in for a shout for that for that crown as well. But, um, yeah. Yeah, this album is just brilliant. I mean, it's it's as good as anything they've ever done. I think I think it might be their heaviest. Um, I think you guys spoke about Wildfire, the track, um, on your one. Is yeah, that goes like unbelievably hard at points. Um, uh, yeah, and there's other bits across the album that are just uh, just as heavy as they've ever been. I think, but I think at points as well, it might also be their most progressive and their catchiest as well. I think it's a real amalgamation of everything that they do done to the highest standards that they can do it um yeah and um yeah you've got a song like uh dracolgrass which is like it's 12 minutes long and there's so many ideas and interwoven bits going on but you come out of it just humming those vocal hooks and i think spencer's a big part of why i love the band so much even though the musicians around him are all incredible at what they do he is the way he writes his vocal lines. I think he he's a pop singer. When when you really sort of boil it down to it, I think he's a pop singer, and he writes his vocals like a pop singer would do. And so yeah, to come out of these like huge gargantuan epic sort of tech metal songs, but you're still humming along to the vocals, is a real testament to his his skill as a singer. So yeah. Um, yeah, this is again. It's again. It's a brilliant album, and I don't think they've ever done anything that's not top tier. So it's a brilliant album in a discography of increasingly brilliant albums. So yeah, that's so that's that was on mine, Benny's, and your list, Tony. And I only really got into Perfume sort of recently because Benny pushed them on me. But echo everything you said. That the new album is just brilliant, and again. Shout out to the production job on this because it sounds absolutely monstrous. And cover when you've got like the technicality going on there. Oh, like like fuck having to mix that album, you would be pulling your hair out. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I, I don't think it's a surprise for me to say that this one isn't in my top five and didn't make my list, but I did actually really enjoy it. It surprised me how much I, how much fun I had with this album and how much I liked it. It is a fun album. You're right. Fun is the the right word for it. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised it didn't make your list, Fletch, but I'm glad you you uh, acknowledged it and enjoyed it. Um, right, Fletch, then your number five. So my number five, and surprising that we're only at number five, and this is the highest death metal album on my list. So. This is the last death metal album on my list. So by that token, it's the best death metal album of the year for me. And it's Terracite by Cattle Decapitation. Nice. I mean, before before this year, they were like they were one of them bands where I liked them sort of more on paper. They were a band that I, I should like more, but it just never really clicked that much for me. But so this album is just it just smashed my expectations and just surprised me so much how much I enjoyed it. Um it's the the as I said, they're just they're just different, aren't they, than any other death metal band? It's there, and it's down to the vocals more than anything. They've got the they've got the harsh vocals, but they've got that you know the high the high um, pitched vocals that Travis does. That just is even more unsettling than than any guttural vocal. And just to have that in a locker as alongside these these songs just elevates it. And it's again now i've got i've gone back since then and i've enjoyed the other albums more than i ever have previously but this is the one that's really turned me onto them and it's just such a such a wonderful album yeah and i think if if i was to say for death metal album of the year i would probably go with you on that for me personally fletch um because of everything you've covered off there um they are a special band and it's like just again, technicality from the playing, like the drumming alone, it just melts yeah. my head about how they can even keep up with that pace. Um, but yeah, I think it was on Benny's album list as well. I think it was a number 20 for Benny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great shout. And I will wonder if it's going to crop up again shortly. Um, Tony, who's made the Champions League this year? Yeah, just getting in uh, the top four. We've got the Acacia Strain, um, Step Into the Light, slash Failure Will Follow. Um, I'm counting it as one album, by the way. So did Benny, so you're all right. Yeah. yeah, I don't like when bands do this and they release like two albums at the same time. It's like, I think Periphery did it with um, the Juggernaut ones. Yeah. yeah, and I just, I've always just listened to them and counted them as one album. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this album, um, I really do, I really do love the step into the light section of the album. Uh, it's kind of just a proper destructive sort of sludge fueled, blasty grind sort of horrible, horribleness. Um, but I'd say the album has got in on the strength of Failure Will Follow, the three Doom tracks, which are unbelievable. <laughs> I'd say, um. Yeah, you got the first one, Pillar of Salt, which is this nine minutes of just being like uh, just battered by 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 one riff, <laughs> and then you got like the female vocals coming in at the end, which are just just gorgeous. Um, but it's the song after that, Bog Walker, which is it's just uh, like a blues driven like slow mo Sabbath electric wizard kind of um, kind of vibe for seven seventeen minutes straight, uh, <laughs> which is. Which is mad. Um, and then, yeah, the last album, uh, the last song, sorry, um, which is so gruesome and guttural at points. It's genuine, it's almost shocking in a way. 
how heavy that song gets. So yeah, the ambition I think on these ones is off the scale. I mean, for a band that sort of gets lumped in with the sort of deathcore sort of scene, yeah, this is this is leaps and bounds beyond what you'd expect. There's no sort of any of the cliches that you'd expect from like a deathcore band. You can't. There's there's no comparison at all. So yeah, this is wicked, and especially those those three doom doom tracks on failure will follow. This is the best stuff they've ever they've ever put out out of interest which way round did you listen to the albums um i listened to step into the light first and then fairly will follow okay because that's the way they meant it to be i don't know if they've got a preference but i would say it was well um but i just because this was on benny's list as well and the way he went on about this failure will follow so i put it on straight away and i was just like fucking hell this is insane like mm. so good and then i went and listened to the first or whatever step into the light and i was just like nah this is not even doing anything for me because of the strength of those three songs yeah don't like, that jesus christ like i was you know like we send memes of like people and their faces wincing up that was i was sat at that that bog walker just like what is going on here? This is yeah. insanely brilliant. So is, yeah, I couldn't quite when it when it first came, it was my album of the year for a long time. Okay. Yeah, but um yeah, a few things have pushed it out. But um yeah, yeah, um it's it's unbelievable. I mean, how heavy this album that album gets is insane. So um yeah, hopefully they've got a few new fans on board as well. Well, one see. right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they're not just uh, to be lumped in with the kind of the, the deathcore death crowd that they used to be, and uh, yeah, they're doing something a lot, a lot different. Yeah, I mean that that the failure of follow ups nearly forty minutes long over three songs. Sit me down in the room and see that live. Oh, I die happy, man. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, okay, so Fletch, who snuck into the Champions League spot for you? Yep, no Thursday night for these lot. It's um a, a band. This is I know I said like last the cattle decapitation surprised me, but this album's probably my surprise of the year, and it's this Heathen Land by Greenlung. Um, I don't think you were into it that much, were you, Joey? You need some, might need some more time with it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a. I liked the last album. I thought it was good. Um, but I, I never really got. There was a lot of people hyping it up, and I liked it, but I never really went back to it. So I just so just sort of forgot about it until I saw people talking about this new one. Um, but yeah, it just just blew me away. I think it's I know it's not been out for that long, but since it came out, it's probably my most played album. Um, I just stick it on all the time. So the amount of big songs on one album is just insane for me. Like the choruses, you got like obviously the Forest Church, Mountain Throne, One for Sorrow, like all these massive tunes on this one album. So. I know a lot of people have just caught them on the on the tour they've just done and said that yeah they, these songs are great live. I've got to wait until the next run in May, but I, I can't I can't wait for it now. It's um it's like they're like an occult, occulty and doomy, but like with a real brightness to them, like and it's just like straight out straight out the woods and the forest. It's just a yeah. I just I'm I'm on I'm on board with it now. I get I get it. It's making huge waves as well in people's lists and funny because I was out with. Uh, two of my mates the other day uh, we were having beers and we were talking about Green Lung and the two of them loved it and I was still I, I, like I 
couldn't get into it. I still, I'm still trying to. Um, for me personally, I preferred like the Abbey. Um, if we're going like that sort of the doom side, but I am due to see him next year as well. So I think that'll probably change my mind when I see him live. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised. Actually, it might be up on the list. So let's let's crack on still. Uh, Tony <laughs> with a wry smile, number three. Number three is uh, cattle decapitation, um, terror site. Yeah, um, it's funny. I did a um, like a run through of their discography um, a couple of weeks ago um, when I was sort of writing up uh, a few like bullet points for this this album. And uh, I don't, I can't think of a band that I can you can track their sort of evolution more clearer than this band. It seems that every album you think, oh yeah, that's sort of creeping in now. Oh yeah, his vocals are getting a little bit more, a little bit more varied. And I think this album feels like the culmination of all those years sort of evolution. It's it's all come to this. Um, so yeah, I think there's a bit more sort of tinkering with their sound in this one. I think it's a bit more groovy. I think there's a bit less sort of blasty, blasty sections going on. So you could, for that reason, call it maybe their most accessible album, if you could ever call Capital Decapitation an accessible band. Um but yeah, it's still sort of cinematic and grandiose, and um, some of it almost touches on sort of symphonic black metal. Sort of when they're going full pelt, and they've got all that stuff, all those, all those synthy bits or whatever, all that cinematic stuff going on in the background. Yeah, the atmospherics and the certain chord changes and stuff sort of reminded me a bit of a um, bit of that sort of sound. But um, but yeah, and you still got Travis Ryan, who's probably the most talented vocalist in the scene today. Uh, he's still got his sort of goblin mode cleans going on, which uh, I don't think anyone's ever going to be. I've not heard a band yet try and sort of emulate that sound, and I don't. I think it's simply because nobody can. <laughs> and because um, yeah. you'd think some people would think, oh yeah, I might try and might try and nick that. And uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to happen, is it? Um, and I actually really like it when he does his, his actual clean vocals, his sort of spoken word bits that sort of sound a bit uh, sort of Nick Cavey, I think, on points, which really works with their sort of end of the world, sort of um, apocalyptic sort of sound. So, yeah, this is a cattle decapitation doing what they do and being uh, one of the best in the scene. Number three, that's the fifth crossover we've had. So, oh, Fletch, number three, please. I'm ready for another crossover. It's Hellripper, Warlock, Grim and Withered Hags. Yeah, just again, I like Tony. I, I like what I heard from him before, but this is just the most fun I've had with an album all year. Just every time you put it on, it's just it's just a blast from from start to finish. And just like how can and how can a one man band be this good? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just and obviously, I think that and the, the people who are in his live bands must hear it and just think, oh, what what have we got to do now? <laughs> how, how's it? <laughs> he just keeps expanding. Obviously, like what they do and bringing other influences in it like Tony was saying but yeah I just I just don't I don't see how black and thrash can get any better it's just it's just, just such a blast of an album and not, not really as I said we've been over it so there's not that much to add but it, yeah it's just I'm just delighted for him as well like, like you said he's such a nice such a nice guy and deserves all the success but yeah it's just such a again just the, the just big smile on my face every time I've got this album on. Did you get the vinyl? Um, I got it on cassette because uh, I'm a hipster. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, again, another one. I, I think I ordered that and I 
cool patch. <laughs> nice. Good, good. Support. Along with the goat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so that's six crossovers. So on this number two, Tony. Yeah, make it seven. Uh, it's Greenland, this even <laughs> land. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned to you guys not long ago that this was pushing my album of the year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with this band at the moment. Um, I really got into them on the last album, um, Black Harvest, um, and they're, they're kind of the perfect blend of two things that I really like, sort of 70s sort of doom rock kind of sound, sort of an amalgamation of sort of... Um, that sort of old school, deep purpley, Black Sabbathy kind of thing, and um, and there's the the occult kind of stuff that they have in their uh, in their songs as well. I'm I'm a kind of a mark for anything sort of folklore or anything sort of hammer horror, anything like that. I love it. So yeah, I love both the idea of this band and the sound of this band. So it's kind of the perfect storm of things that I really like. So. Yeah, and it's definitely the best batch of tunes they've done as well. I mean, um, there's a song called Mountain Throw, and it's like Sabbath at their kind of most upbeat and groovy, which is really cool. Uh, there's another one called One for Sorrow, which has got the hugest chorus. Might be my favourite chorus of the year. And the riff on it as well. It's probably the heaviest song they've done as well. It's like Candle Mass or Cathedral or something coming in, uh, which is awesome. To, uh, it's, it's awesome to hear. Um, and I really love as well how this band are getting plaudits. Sort of, they've not. I can't. It doesn't feel like they're working towards something. It doesn't feel like they're they're getting the plaudits because they're working towards getting them. It feels like it's happening. It's happening sort of organically. They're doing this. They're doing this because they love it, and people are, um, people are latching onto it. So yeah, I'm really happy that they're uh, they're starting to blow up a bit in the scene as well. So yeah. Green Lung. That's seven crossovers we've had between. That's that's pretty big. Let's see if we can get number eight. Fletch, mm. number two. I don't think this one's a crossover, but a band that I've loved, and this is, I think, the best I've heard them so far, and that's American Gothic by Wayfarer. Scouts. There's, there's the, obviously the joke about, like, it, it sounds like Red Dead Redemption, black metal. It's, like, obviously all Western-themed, etc., and I loved the last album, and I liked the ones before it, but I think this is the album where their vision has sort of become the most realised. Like, this is sort of like a, the best, the, crystal, the most crystallised version of what it is that they're doing. Like, they strike a real balance between, like, music, but with some real drama in it, in a, in a great blend, and they manage to make it not gimmicky. It's it's just part of their sound. It's not, not a gimmick at all for them. And yeah, I, I just love this record so much. I said I was it was one of the ones I was really excited for because, like I said, I, I liked all the previous albums, and but it, it exceeded my expectations, it just blew me away. Really, I've I've been playing this album a lot recently too, and it's it is really good. Uh, I, I I don't it's hard to put a finger on why I enjoy it so much, but just sort of I don't know where it's the, the sort of atmosphere on the album that sucks yeah. me in a bit. But um, I'm not seeing that on many albums of the year list actually. Wayfarer, or am I? I mean, I haven't read that many lists, so I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It came out quite recently, in yeah. November, so maybe it. it was a maybe it was a bit late for, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Tony, I um, I've heard yeah. it. Right. Um, it just went straight over my head. 
to be honest. Yeah, I didn't really vibe with it at all. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, maybe I'll need to go. I've, I've only had it once, to be to be fair. To um, so yeah, and and as, as we just said, it's not been up very long, has it? To be honest. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely will take a few more spins for me. But yeah, it just went straight over my head. On fair enough. Okay, yeah. here we go then. Tony, reveal your number one album of 2023. Okay, I think you guys already know. Um, it's Earn with A Feast on Sorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I, I knew from the first time I listened to it, um, it was going to be my number one. Um, yeah, I, I remember the day we got it through. Uh, you sent it on, Joey, and um, yeah, I remember putting in a group chat. Yeah, this is this is album of the year. And uh, yeah. Yeah, nothing's really interfered with that. Uh, Green Lung had a go, but yeah, couldn't quite get there. Um, yeah, I, I love this album. Um, and I think what impresses me the most about it is the more I listen to it and the more I sort of read about it as well, it's so uniquely sort of earned already, or already on their second album. I think if you go on Metal Archives as well, they're, they're listed as Doom, Sludge and Stoner, which are three genres that you can find in their sound but they're a million miles away from what I would point when trying to describe them. And then if you go and read reviews of it, they're listed as thrash, frog, extreme metal. Um, and they're all things that you could use to describe them, but they don't really describe their sound at all, really. So, yeah, they're just kind of already on their second album. They're just kind of, they just sound like Earn. So, and I really love that. It's, that's kind of a flaw that you don't, give to bands until they're almost sort of legendary sort of we're thinking about like Meshuggah or Tool or something like that where or Gojira maybe where they don't really fit a certain box they're just themselves so yeah that's uh yeah that's something I really love about this band already and um yeah the subject matter is pretty heavy subject matter on it um as well but I don't find it depressing in the least if if anything I find it kind of emotionally as emotionally raw as it is um and it's got quite it, it's got quite a cold sort of um atmospheric production as well um the songwriting is so strong and exciting it, it never gets to a point where you get sort of bogged down in the in the darkness of it all i wouldn't say uh and a big part of that is this is a riff album yeah yeah there is no album you can point me to from this year uh that has more riffs in it than this one and um yeah i think uh the way they shift between tempos and stuff like that uh, and when they lock into a big groove like on a stumble of words or like to die twice it might sound like hyperbolic but it really does sound, it really does remind me of like prime metallica um when they do that um and i don't think there's a bigger compliment that i could give a band really than that um so yeah, and you've got the you've got the two big um, eleven minute. You've got the epics, uh, the long goodbye. Where does the memories go? And the um, stumble of words, as we said. Um, yeah, and there too, uh, the, they've got like a textural sort of brightness in them as well that reminds me sometimes of like a band like Baroness, something like that, um, going on. So it's not all. There's a real light at the end of the tunnel, I think, in some of these songs. So it's um, as I say, as 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 heavy as the subject matter is it's um it's not an album that's really going to weigh you down i don't think um so yeah um but yeah the songs on it the riffs on it uh it's, it it was my album of the year the second i heard it 
What yeah, number it, crossover was that? Sorry. That was number eight. Number eight. Um, clearly an album which you loved just by hearing you talk about it there. And that, uh, I do remember you putting in the chat saying it's your album of the year straight away. <laughs> yeah. That's that's amazing. Another UK band as well getting that plaudit for Tony's number one album of the year. Right, Fletch. See us home now. Reveal your album of 23. I think there's one album that I've banged on about all year but haven't spoke about today, so you probably guess. For fans of Sadness and Beds, it's Catatonia with Sky Void of Stars. Oh! Just like such a great timing as well because I think this came out just after I got into them and done like a full discography dive. So as soon as like this album came out, I was ready and waiting for it. I was like, yes, where are we going next? And it just didn't let me down. It's been my most listened to album by a mile and I think what what Tony said last year on the show is your album of the year should be the the album you've listened to the most and keep going back to. And for me, it's this. Um, it's just it's beautiful, but it's dark. It's like like you've said, you just ever well, I think we've all spoke about it. So I think there's a lot a lot's being covered. But I, I echo what you said about it being album of the year for production as well. Um, but just just the songwriting on it is just great. Just the way they just they go between like just like Tony said as well. It's not there's parts of it where it's not it's not very heavy it's not very metal but just the way they, they flip between the, the the riffs and then the sort of more more bright and nice passages and just the way they've melded it all together it's just just a wonderful album and it's also the best looking vinyl i've got this year as well oh really? <laughs> the nice uh, the nice grit i think and i'll shout out to the band as well i think i bought it directly from their store uh, online and I, I think I ordered just the, the plain black vinyl but they, they gave me like all these the fancy colour vinyl with um, some free patches and slip mats and stuff involved so nice shout out to them t- taking care of me there but yeah it's um I, yeah I just like I said they've become a band that the one of my favorite bands after after doing that full dive and I like everything about them I love the the earlier stuff the Dance of December Souls or all that Brave Murder Day, that stuff when the more death doom. I like like the later stuff, the Dead End Kings stuff and the Great Cold Distance. I like everything they've done. And I think that this is this is up there now as possibly my favourite or second favourite album that they've ever done. Um and I've just yeah, this is this is gonna be in my rotation for a long, long time, I think. That's you and Venny having the same number one album of twenty twenty three. I know what a turn up, eh? <laughs> yeah, I did. I see. I didn't see that coming. To be honest, Fletch, from you, if I'm honest, I would have had. I didn't think Cannibal Corpse would have been high up there, but I'd have thought there'd have been some death metal would have been number one. So, for Catatonia to break through, that's that's some album to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, not really much else to say. I just, I just love it so much. <laughs> I thought Tomb Mode was a shoe in for you. Yeah. Yeah. But is that nine crossovers now, is it? Nine. <laughs> it was nine. nine. That is insane. Yeah. And oh, there's a few there's there's a few uh, albums that got in. I think Dodheim's Guard and Catatonia were in all four lists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible stuff. What a year for music, huh? Hey, great. Yeah, brilliant. And with that, we bring 2023 to a close. And I would like to say thank you to everyone for listening and following us. And I'd say to Tony and Fletch, I'll put on records on behalf of myself and Benny, thank you so much for being with us uh, and the Heavy Matters team. We know you don't get paid 
but um, we appreciate all the work you do. Um, and it's great to have you on board. Um, even in the, the group chat, the banter, it's great to have. And uh, here's to 2024. But until then, I am going to go put suffocation on and do my Christmas tree. Tony, Fletch, thank you, gents. And Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. You too, mate. No problem. Yep, you too. Thanks for having us.